Welcome to Busy Gamer Nation. Hi, my name is Greg Kasavin. I work at Supergiant Games, and we are here showing our game Hades. Hey, Darren Korb, and I'm the audio director. Hades is a roguelike dungeon crawler in which you are battling out of the underworld of Greek myth, trying to free yourself from the clutches of the god of the dead. You play as his son, the immortal prince uh, Zagreus, and you have had it with your dad. Kind of backstory is there's been some sort of blowout fight. Zagreus has said the equivalent of, screw you, dad, I'm out of here. But your dad's house is the house of Hades in the lowest reaches of the underworld. So it ends up kind of like a reverse Diablo. Instead of fighting your way down into hell, you fight your way up to the top. You're a character who's never even seen the surface of the world. And over the course of the game, you figure out more of what's at stake for him, why he's trying to get there. But as an immortal prince, he's not entirely unkillable in the pure sense. It was a really fun question to ask ourselves, what happens when you die in the underworld of Greek myth? You're already in the land of the dead. So you just wind up right back in your dad's house. Your dad chews you out for being a moron. You know, you're never going to get out of here, but then you go right back out and try to escape again. And you get a little bit stronger, get a little bit farther. Each time the underworld resets. And a really fun aspect of it, you know, if you're familiar with roguelike games where it's all about kind of dying and restarting and carrying forward your knowledge. In this game, we have like narrative continuity, right? So these characters, when you face bosses, for example, they'll remember the outcome of your last encounter. It'll be like, I'll get you for what you did to me last time and that sort of thing. So that's where I think a lot of the kind of flavor of our previous games comes through, where the game feels, if you've played games like Dead Cells or Binding of Isaac or any kind of roguelike influenced game, where I think our game feels really distinctly like something from our studio since we kind of weave character-driven storytelling into it. To tell me about the music this time, it reminds me of some of your other work, but it also sounds new. Yeah, my approach is sort of like Mediterranean prog rock Halloween music is what I'm going for this time. <laughs> yeah, every time it's a new Yeah, a new genre. little mashup, yeah. Exactly. What brought you to that? Well, each component of that represents something about the game to me. You know, I think the sort of prog rock or sort of math rock component of that, metal, you know, if you want, is the, the like hell component, you know? <laughs> and then the Mediterranean component, obviously, is it's the Greek underworld, so I wanted to weave that in. There's something kind of lighthearted about the tone of the game. It's like you're in a dark setting, but there's something sort of, not campy, but, but tongue-in-cheek about a lot of it. And so the sort of kind of theremin-like Halloween store, you know, <laughs> sounds... Just light it up a in little. There. Yeah, to just kind of inject some of that into the music. It's a little wry humor. Yeah. Hades launched in Early Access. This is our first ever Early Access game. If you're familiar with our studio's work, we're known for you know Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre. They're kind of the opposite of Early Access games. They're very kind of self-contained, story-driven games that we were really excited to try our hand at Early Access this time. Uh, Hades was designed for Early Access from the ground up seeing if we could kind of like take what we think is good about our previous games, the narrative focus and the rich atmosphere, and make that work in an early access context. So why early access? What is the point of that? Are you trying to create an iterative game? The real basic point of early access is just to make for an even better game where we could get feedback along the way to help basically drive our best decision making through the course of production. 
So our previous games have taken about three years, and we reach these points in development when we're maybe about a year and a half in, and there's a lot of kind of wandering in the woods that happens for us as we're trying to really figure out what to hone in on from a design standpoint. I think once all is said and done, our games have come together really well, I think. But there's definitely these points in production where even if we're playtesting pretty regularly, it's just we could use even more feedback. So now in early access, we release one of these major updates and we get a ton of feedback like immediately from players. And that's really, really valuable. It tells us what's working well, uh, what are the big opportunities for us to keep improving the game and so on. And we designed this game in like a modular way, really focused around replayability. So it's structured so that we could keep like adding to it in ways that matter. We introduce new characters, new game systems, update the game in significant ways and then like I was saying it's like from our player community we get feedback from them right away and in many cases the feedback is like incredibly encouraging so it keeps our team like really really fired up to keep going it reassures us that we're focusing on the right things and lets us kind of prioritize the most important aspects of development it definitely keeps the pace of development like quick it's a new world for us for sure uh, visually it reminds me a little bit of Transistor is there an attempt to kind of go back to that dynamic? Yeah that's a good observation I think for sure Transistor is if you were to choose one of our past games, it is like the closest point of comparison visually because we are going kind of back to this isometric form, this kind of like vibrant painterly world and like rich atmosphere and also just the action RPG type of format. It's closer to the gameplay style of Bastion if you had to pick one, but closer to the visual style of Transistor. Whereas Transistor, you know, took influence from kind of Art Nouveau and Cyberpunk, this game is really taking influence from like graphic novel, like dark fantasy artwork, like Mike McNola, Hellboy artwork and stuff like that. So when you play the game, what's one of the first songs you hear and what does it do? So the first track you hear when you boot up the game is The House of Hades, which is like the sort of theme of escaping the house. And hopefully it helps excite you, amp you up a little bit. It feels a little bit sneaky at the beginning, like you're running away, essentially. You're running away from home. And so it should feel a little bit defiant. And it has sections. As it progresses, it'll rock out a little bit more as you encounter more intense foes and stuff in the first few chambers. The only thing I'd add is this is our 10th anniversary as a studio. We never really thought we'd come this far. A lot of studios that we really, really looked up to when we were getting started back in 2009, 2010, they haven't been as fortunate. And it's a really tough industry to survive in. You've um, really cultivated your fan base. How did that happen? Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, geez, something that is really important to us as a team, we seek to honor our players. That's a term we use. Like, we're just trying to make games that can leave a lasting and positive impression. I honestly think the games end up doing most of the work. We just try to put all we can into our games and make something that is true to our values and worth. Each of our games has been very different, but I think through the course of them, you can see some themes in common, some values in common. I think our fan base has recognized those qualities, and we're just so grateful that we've been able to keep them for this long because we haven't just made, you know, Bastion 2, 3, and 4, or whatever. We take a risk each time. There's a risk of losing that audience by making a new game, but we have faith that by making a game that's true to the values of Bastion, where it was a game that was going for something different, that our fans will stick with us through that process. For me, it's the emotional connection that I feel when I play one of your games, how I get connected with the characters and the journey that they're taking. Not many games do that well, and I think the combination of all the voice talent you have and that you continue to use, and you know Darren doing the music, yeah. it just pulls you in, and then at the end, it pays it off. Thanks so much. The, the the thing, so I think an aspect I hope you'll really enjoy about Hades is 
It's our first like fully voiced game in the sense that we have a big cast of characters. It's like close to 30 characters in the game now, and they're all fully voiced. So Logan Cunningham, who's the incredible voice talent we've been working with ever since Bastion, he plays Lord Hades himself, nice. as well as a number of other characters because he has incredible range. But we have a great cast of voice talent for this game, and it's been for me to work on. It's been really satisfying to finally have a game where you could just kind of walk right up to someone and have a conversation with them, and they kind of go at it back and forth. And like our games have been like more you know Bastion and Transistor it's like passive voiceover that happens in the world and having a more kind of RPG like system where you could go up and talk to characters I think feels really satisfying alright one more time you can turn back or I can send you home the painful way what'll it be I'll have to go with the painful way for last time. Find show notes, music credits, and other details at BusyGamerNation.com WAC Podcast.